Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. This is Jim Oliver, your host today. And I'm really excited today because we have a space leader. And what I mean by that is, is somebody that's a leader in their space and work with a lot of companies to help them break away from the rat race. And my guest today is Josh Sweeney. Josh, welcome, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. So Josh, tell us a little bit about you and your company and what you guys do. Sure. So a little bit about me. I am a, I guess at this point, a serial entrepreneur. So I started my first company really as a kid, but I've had multiple. Uh, built my first multi-million dollar business and sold that in 2016 and then launched Epic Culture. So Epic Culture, we help founder-led businesses scale. Uh, we do that through people and through sales. And so we have two different products that we focus on to help those founders scale their organization. Other things, I'm married, have two boys, do coaching, enjoy the family life, and uh, enjoy being an entrepreneur. All right, Josh, so serial entrepreneur, anytime somebody says that, I always have to ask some questions. I mean, were your parents entrepreneurs? How did you get interested in being an entrepreneur? Uh, that's a great question. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say, I guess they were entrepreneurs in some ways, like they were always doing something extra. So, you know, my dad repaired TVs, but for an organization, for a company, but then he also had a stand um, at a place where he did that on the weekends on his own. So I, I think there was a lot of entrepreneurial spirit from most of my family members. My grandfather did own his own business. So I did get exposed to a lot of that in just different ways. So I think that is part of it. And then the other part is just a, is the way that I believe I grew up. So at my house, you know, you really didn't get anything unless you went out and earned it. So I remember pushing a lawnmower at eight years old and knocking on doors to, to make money because, you know, we, we only got gifts on major holidays, you know, birthday, Christmas, whatever it might've been. And uh, if you want anything in between, you had to go figure it out. And I think that's, that's probably one of the crucial pieces that got everything kicked off was going out and knocking those doors and figuring out how to make my own money at an early age and being able to buy whatever I wanted. And eventually I guess you just get used to that and know you can make it happen. Yeah, you know, that's funny because when I was a kid, I had a, a paper route and I used to time myself because I would try to get more and more efficient in getting the papers out. And it really made me stronger just because I'd be pedaling faster and, you know, get in better shape. And then I realized that, you know, if I had a moped, I could do two paper routes in the same time as, as, the, as the bike. But I didn't let it stand in my way that I wasn't old enough to have a license for a moped, which I didn't factor in the, the amount of tickets that I would get for being unlicensed in the state of California to, doing that. Plus, I had to get over to Hawthorne where people actually bought the paper and living in Inglewood to get over to Hawthorne, it was much easier on the moped than the bike. And, and when I did that, I realized, well, I'm making a lot more money because I'm getting, even with the tickets, because I'm, getting, I'm delivering a lot more papers. But then that following summer, I had an opportunity to work in this casket factory swinging a hammer. And I learned what it meant to be an employee. And 
I could tell you that swinging a hammer for most of the day um, was not something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And I realized I didn't want to be an employee either, that with the paper route, I could determine how much money I was going to make in a day or a month and how much time it took me. When I was an employee, they told me when I was going to work, how much I was going to make, what I had to do. And so I get that too from from a young age, like you said, pushing a lawnmower. Hey, the more lawns that you mow, the more money you make, right? Yeah. That's cool. That's exactly how it went. Yeah. So now one of the things that you do is you help people with marketing their services to their ideal customers. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So we have one of our products is called Founder Scale, and it's really a framework on how to scale sales for a founder. How do we tack on extra services or um, extra items that the founder can lead with in order to get more out of their day? So with the ideal customer profile, what we do is we look at what is their, their actual clients? What do they look like? What are the factors in that? How can we go build lists so that they can target more of them? So that's just one piece of how we look at scaling out those founders. So we would take somebody you know, like yourself and we say, okay, what are your past 100 clients? What are the things that are all similar about those? How can we do more of that? How can we find more of those? Because the interesting thing is, is a lot of people try and just jump into different markets and you know, want to be everything to everybody in, in some sense. And uh, what we found is, you know, if you've already done five deals in real estate and you can go get five testimonials in real estate tomorrow, then that sixth real estate deal is significantly easier to land than your first, you know, food production company or, you know, other client in another region because, or another area because they already trust you, right? You already have these other testimonials of people that are in, in their space. So we accelerate a lot of those processes in what we do. You know, that's awesome. And that does make sense because, you know, the first, probably the first dentist or oral surgeon that I showed infinite banking to, you know, I had to learn a lot about their business and how they finance their operatories and their equipment and what a Cirac machine was and all these other things. And then now that we've done dozens and dozens of dental professionals, I already know all of those things. So I already know all of the things that they spend money on and, and, and I can show them how to recapture the interest that they're paying somebody else on that. So it makes it really easy. Plus you come across a lot more confident. And I always think a great quote is that confidence attracts opportunities, lack of confidence repels opportunities. And you know, the more that you work with these business owners, I'm sure you start to see a pattern, but I love the fact that you're looking for their last, you know, number of clients and their ideal client. I think that that approach makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I mean, you, you nailed it. If you know how to speak their lingo, they know you understand them. And I think that's part of, that's also part of selling and closing deals and that confidence is, when you know their lingo, they know you understand them and everything just goes significantly smoother. And it's interesting because you've probably seen it as well of, you know, I know way more lingo than I ever thought I would have for all different types of markets and industries. That's just it, quite astounding. Looking back, I never thought, you know, it would have all been that much different, but it really is in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, 
a lot of things are different, but what are some of the things that you see? Cause you see a lot of people and you yourself have broken away from the, from the rat race and the herd, you know, what have you done or what have you seen? What are maybe some of the traits or attributes that you see that people that have been able to break away, you know, what are some of those things that you see that everybody seems to have? Yeah, I think there's different, there's different groups and they, they attack it different ways. There's some people that have broken away and they just have sheer will, right? They have the willpower. They will go knock doors every day, you know, and always be, always be looking for that next opportunity. And they're just really hustlers. And we find out hustler in a good way, right? Um, yeah. they, they work hard, hard work ethic, good work ethic. So I do find that sometimes that is, we do a lot of personality assessments and behavior analytics, and that is a trait. Like we see people that have the same personality doing those things. The other ones that we see that we, that we, that we help break away are the ability to extend their capabilities as a founder. So for example, you can go knock doors or you can do, you know, the things you're really good at, or you can do more one to many platforms. Like this podcast would be a good example of one to many. So you can spend one hour having a meeting with somebody at a coffee shop and it'll be really good. Or you can have one hour meeting. that's also, you know, good for good opportunity for you maybe and them. And there's all this extra marketing that comes out. So you've really compounded it. So we find that a lot of the founders that are breaking away are finding out how do they compound their time or we're helping them compound their time and really extend their reach because that time is the biggest, uh, biggest challenge for them. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, that, that really is a challenge. You know, Dan Sullivan as strategic coach works with a lot of entrepreneurs and time management is so key, but you have to, you have to maximize the use of your time. If not, you get overwhelmed really quick. And, you know, it's funny because this is a conversation I have with my wife all the time. And, you know, my passion is really teaching people how to become their own banker and taking over the banking function in their lives because of what's really happening to everyone out there from a standpoint of the headwind that they face financially, the interest that they're paying, lost opportunity cost, et cetera, and showing somebody how to create tailwind and really recapture all that interest and lost opportunity cost is really fun and exciting to me. But I have other businesses that I run and those businesses take time. They take energy. And if I didn't make the create tailwind stuff really efficient, I get burned out. And it does still happen where there's just a week by the end of the week where my brain is just fried. My wife's become an expert at identifying that and <laughs> and and telling me, hey, for the next two days, Saturday and Sunday, you're not looking at that phone. You're not checking emails. You're not reading about infinite banking or studying a case study or something. You're, you're, you're unplugging. And so you know, happy wife, happy life, right? So I uh, try to make sure that I, I, I do that. But when you think about communications and you think about, I mean, LinkedIn is a really powerful tool to communicate with other professionals, ideal clients, people that you can serve. You know, talk to us about some of the things that you guys are able to do with somebody for their their LinkedIn profile or their LinkedIn persona? 
Sure. So one of the pieces of that founder scale framework is our persona management. And it goes back to what I said earlier around extending the entrepreneur or for some of our clients, it's extending the founder and one of their salespeople or their sales team. So if you think about the time being the limiting factor in sales, if time is a limiting factor, but the alternative is that you need to get more activities done, you need to do more outreach per day and those numbers will generate more deals. You know, you have this this ebb and flow. So you need to keep those activities going. So what we do with the LinkedIn persona management and a lot of our outreach products that we stack onto founders and salespeople is that we do it for them. So for example, we'll take a founder and we'll understand what market are they in? What is their ideal profile? Who do they really want to get in front of? And we'll go on their LinkedIn and we'll drive the evangelism for them and their product. So what you see is we're going in and we're making all the connections on their behalf. We're posting articles on their behalf and they'll go from their 90 day profile views will go usually somewhere around a hundred is where they start just naturally. And they'll get up to three and 4,000 over 90 days. And then we keep that consistent. So all of a sudden the awareness of you and your brand to your target audience skyrockets and that is more of the awareness of letting people know you exist. That's one of the big challenges for founders and smaller companies is, you know, you may have a great solution, but nobody even knows of you. So that's one way that we get the awareness out. And then that gets really compounded when you then take another marketing initiative. So for example, the other day, you know, I get about 3,800 views over every 90 days in my LinkedIn. And we do that for everybody on our team too. We manage their LinkedIn, so we do it holistically. But then when we do a webinar, it just went out to thousands of people, over 10,000 people. And so all of a sudden you get more registrations for your webinar. Or then when you release the next podcast, all of a sudden you, you had uh, you know maybe 100 people that you were connected to or even 1,000. Well, now you have 9,000 that you're connected to or 9,000 that are following you. you know, there's all kinds of numbers around that. And the message goes out more broadly. And then we promote conversation within that. So you know, there's some pre-work that you have to do as an organization to make sure people know of you before the webinars, the podcast, and all of the other lead gen type activities will even be successful. You know, that makes so much sense, Josh, because, you know, I think I heard the number that there's 800,000 podcasts. Wow. And I mean, I don't know if that number is right or not, but when you go on to Stitcher or, or something like that and you start searching for podcasts, I mean, it's sometimes if you know the name of the podcast, it's sometimes not easy to find unless you put everything in there just perfectly. But you know, you have to be able to stand out and you can't just go, okay, well, my podcast is on, you know, on Stitcher. So I'm going to automatically start to grow my audience. I mean, in fact, if you do that, you're not going to grow any audience, right? Right. Uh, So what you guys are doing, that's how you grow an audience is by those activities that you're doing and, and really multiplying your reach. And I think that most of the people that are doing podcasts are doing them to try to share some information and try to serve a a community. I mean, I hope that's why most, that's why we do a podcast is try to help our clients and our prospects and their friends to understand how to build wealth beyond Wall Street in traditional ways. And we work with a lot of business owners. So that's one of the reasons I was excited to have you on the podcast is I, again, trying to serve our business owner listeners 
of the things that are out there that you may be able to take advantage of and services that you may be able to leverage to get your message out there, whether it's locally or, or nationally or I guess internationally as well. So Josh, how do people contact you? How do they learn more about your services? Sure. So anybody can go to epicculture.com and uh, there's a contact form there. You can also email me, josh at epicculture.com. So you can reach out, find me on LinkedIn. Uh, So pretty much any way that you uh, prefer to reach out. That's great. You know, it's funny because I would never think to send messages via LinkedIn. And and now all of a sudden I am um, having conversations on LinkedIn. I guess if an old 54-year-old guy can uh, learn how to do it, anybody can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So what I really like about what you're talking about is there's a lot of people out there that are selling things via click funnels and landing pages. And I always, you know, I heard a quote one time, Josh, and it said, you know, whales don't click and big fish don't swim through funnels. And <laughs> right. um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I know that I don't like to be in a click funnel or a sales funnel because I always think, okay, you're trying to sell me something. You're trying to sell me something. You're trying to sell me something. I don't want to be sold. And, and, you know, and you get down to the bottom. So tell me the things that you've seen for maybe people that have come from that or people that were considering that path. And then they, they decided to go down the Epic culture path and maybe some of the things that you've seen or some of the success. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of factors there. I mean, one is a lot of the stuff you see out there is you really have to vet it on whether it's really built for B2C or B2B. Right. And some companies are B2C business to consumer, but work in more of a a B2B style. Like it's a business owner, you know, targeting another business owner, founder, leader type of thing. But what I'm getting at there is B2B is fundamentally different. Uh, When you look at all the click funnels and all the B2C things, you're going to a consumer that can make an impulse buy. So you can show them enough ads. You can drive the the pain and the awareness and however else you want to do it. You know, you can market to them enough to where they've seen it and finally say, you know, I need to buy that. They can pull out a credit card and do it. When you start dealing with businesses, it's fundamentally different, right? When you're in B2B, business to business, you know, people have budgets. They have a sphere of influencers they have to think about. They have other team members that are going to use the product. So it's not like they're just going to pull out a credit card and buy right then. So I think first of all, you know, there's a lot of hype around all these different marketing systems that you can buy and buy into, but you really have to look at their website and look at all of their clients and say, you know, is 80% of their clients B2B or B2C and which one am I? So one, vetting that I think is important part. Another thing that we find with Epic Culture is the people that are coming to us really want to build relationships and want long-term clients. They want people that trust them. They want to build that relationship. They want to help them. They truly want to help them. And um, that's a different process, right? Because it's, it's a lot less transactional and it takes a little longer, but then you have referenceable clients. I mean, if you, again, going back to all the, the B2C type stuff, it's a different model, right? So you have to think through those. And I, I see a lot of companies and talk to a lot of founders that come to us and say, we don't want to do that. We want people to see our value. They also want to pay for the value, right? I mean, if you're competing on price and you're lower than everybody else, there's a lot of benefits there. 
Um, but for a company that really wants to be valued in what they provide uh, to the client, that's a different sell as well, you know. So yeah, I would say that the clients, most of the clients we work with are looking for that, that relationship type selling. They know that it's going to take a little longer. They still want it as fast as possible, but they're willing to put in the time, do the podcast, do lunch and learns, look at other platforms that really drive those sales. Yeah. You know, that's exactly why we work with your company is because that's what we're trying to do is we're not trying to teach people infinite banking through a click funnel. And then they finally call and say, I'm ready to buy. And we say, great, here, talk to this person. They're going to take the application and here, good, you're good to go. And I'm going to send you some more videos so that you know how to do this and good luck is we want to build a relationship with that person. And we want to turn them into a super fan of create tailwind and of infinite banking because we, we want to, we want to grow with them. You know, we want to help them expand their system and help them grow it to where they've got as much money that they can possibly have flowing through their own banking system instead of somebody else's. So I think that's one of the reasons that we were attracted to your company is because of the relationship part of it. And you guys walk the walk too. you guys, you know, we're building a relationship as we've been working with you, just like we're trying to build with our clients. You're building that with us, your client. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's lots of ways to scale that. You know, a lot of people say, well, Josh, isn't that a little harder? And it's like, well, there's different tiers. You know, there's there's how you build the relationships and how you do it when you're one to five employees. There's more scalable versions from five to 20 and and so on. So, you know, we like to look at what what phase the organization's in say what what really fits you know nobody wants to uh nobody wants to go through a whole process for marketing or building out their sales team and then just get some ginormous quote that's a hundred thousand dollars when they knew up front that they would never pull the trigger on that right so the service has to match the size of the business and and that's what we do with our roadmap of you know sitting down building out the roadmap and understanding what size the client is what do they need what is their model and and how do we support that yeah, no, that, that makes 100% sense. Well, Josh, obviously, as a serial entrepreneur and a guy that pushed the lawnmower at eight years old to make money, there had to be some books that you've read along the way that have made a difference in your life. So what are one, two, or three books that stand out to you that you'd recommend that everyone in the audience read? Yeah, I think I'll throw out a few more recent ones. Um, I've, I go through so many, uh, it's hard to keep up, but there are some standouts. So the most recent ones I've read that I really enjoyed was The Alter Ego Effect. Um, really enjoyed that one. Extreme Ownership, love that one about taking ownership of everything that really happens in your life. And um, I would say another one would be Relentless. Relentless was a really good book. Awesome. You know, I always recommend everybody read Extreme Ownership because I think that's something lacking in our society today. And I really like the way that Jocko wrote that book is because, and it's been a while since I read it, but the way that I remember it is he gives you a principle, talks about how you're trained as a SEAL in that principle, talks about how it worked in the field, meaning as a seal in the field and then uses it to how then tells a story about how in corporate America in his coaching and consulting business, how he's used that principle and how the company used that principle. So I really like that pattern 
I think it's really uh, an enjoyable pattern to read because it builds and then then you get the concept and then it builds and then you get the next concept. And um, I think that that was a great, uh, a great book for him to write. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. I mean, it's it fun reading uh, if you like kind of military reading and things like that. And then I think it's always good when the author is able to share like, well, I really didn't believe this and this is how I changed it. Right. Or, or this is yeah. where things went wrong and this is where the concept really came into play. And I know that's helped me because sometimes we feel like things aren't our fault, but we actually made extreme ownership one of the values at Epic Culture. And we talk about that often where if something you know doesn't go 100% correctly or, or correctly on a project, it's like, well, what could we have done? You know, yeah. we, and we tell people during onboarding, like nothing is the client's fault. It's all ours. We practice extreme ownership. And so if it didn't happen the right way, what do we need to change in our systems, processes or behavior to ensure that it doesn't happen again? And, uh, you know, there's there's no way out when you just take that mindset. So definitely a great read. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. So, Josh, once again, if somebody is interested in expanding their reach or maybe they are looking for somebody to kind of help them on LinkedIn to, you know, increase their visibility and, and up their professional persona on LinkedIn, tell us how do you, we contact your company again. Sure. So if you're a founder looking to scale your business, reach out to Josh at epicculture.com. You can go to epicculture.com, fill out the contact form, and you can also find me online or on LinkedIn, Josh Sweeney. All right, Josh, any famous last words? (laughs) On the spot. Um, Yeah, go scale your business. Go scale your business. I like it. Okay. Um, Well, thank you, audience, for joining us. Josh, thank you so much for being our guest. We look forward to to uh, getting some questions uh, that people in the audience might have for you and getting those answered. And audience, if you want to learn more about how to create wealth and how to build once you scale your business and what you're going to do with all the money that you're making and how you're going to make sure that the IRS doesn't steal most of it, then you got to go to createtailwind.com and learn how to take over the banking function in your life, how to create passive income. Remember, retirement means to be taken out of service and nobody wants that. We all want to do what we want to do when we want to do it, no matter what our age is. So we need passive income. So let's go find that passive income, breakaway wealth. Until next time, I'm your host, Jim Oliver. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.